Amy Ingerbretson here, professional skier, dog mom, cat lover, podcaster, and your host for Warren Miller Entertainment's Long Underwear. In this podcast, we are sitting down with world-class athletes and industry legends. Nothing is off limits except for one rule. After introductions, there will be no more mentions of skiing or snowboarding allowed. We are stripping off the layers and getting to know the skiers and riders underneath the gear. Welcome to Long Underwear. Hey everybody, Amy Ingerbretson here, and welcome to season two, episode one. And to kick off season two with an extra big bang, I have the pleasure of being joined by legend of all legends, Mr. Scott Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Oh, well, thanks, Amy. <laughs> Stoked to be here. Yes. Um, so just to kind of recap for you and then for our listeners about kind of the lay of the land of this podcast on Long Underwear, um, what we do is we don't talk about skiing, even though we're skiers, we both love skiing more than anything. Um, it's kind of the extra fun challenge to not talk about it. So mm. if you're game, let's do it. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Now that I just said that, we're going to talk a little bit about skiing. Just <laughs> intro. And so let's let's just start off by where are we, uh, what part of the world we're in, and, and what are you doing here these days? Well, we're in Big Sky, Montana, uh, middle of February, and it's, it's winter outside, and it's been cold this week. And we're back in the cycle. Snow's been coming pretty steady. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, been a, it's been an okay winter. We've had a little bit of a drought in January, but... Uh, Montana always has snow, so yeah. it's, it's been good. It has been very cold. Um, and what do you do? Why are you in Big Sky, Montana these days? Um, I'm here full-time in the winter now. Um, I have a cabin, slopeside cabin, right next to the skiway, so I'm on the hill over 100 days a season now. Uh, very, very, very little traveling, which is kind of a, was one of my goals, was not to have to travel and just to get, get into skiing again. Yeah, just ski in, ski out. Not no airplanes, yeah. no automobiles. Yeah, yeah. It just right makes there. it so much easier to be on the hill in a good place with great people and back in Montana. Yeah, that sounds sounds nice. I sure like it up here. Um, so if we're gonna do some sort of like a small little snippet about you and skiing, which is impossible, um, let's just bring it back to Warren Miller. And how many Warren Miller films do you remember? How many Warren Miller films you've been in? Well, I don't there's probably over probably about a dozen titles, right. uh, almost 10 years of work with Warren Miller until he sold the company in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. yeah. And did you do any films after that? No, I lasted about a year or two with Kurt Miller and <laughs> then just kind of phased out. And uh, I was working with Greg Stump a lot and there's a lot of other things going on at the time. So it yeah. was an easy transition for me. So. But a dozen Warren Miller films has got to be up there with a record. I haven't talked to anyone yeah. yet on the podcast that's been yeah. in that many. <laughs> I think the Egans hold the record for the Do most they? films. Yeah, yeah. Both, I was, Dan, both Dan and John. I was skiing with Dan Egan this weekend, actually. Okay, cool. So, yeah. yeah, super fun. So I guess what's cool in talking to you is that you actually got to film with Warren. Of course, my experience with Warren Miller hasn't been with actual the man Warren Miller. So do you have any, like, I know there's probably so many, but just favorite memories on Hill filming with Warren. Well, so I, Warren was already retired from the field by the time I started in 83. So I never traveled with Warren. I was okay. never been in the mountains with Warren until I got to Big Sky. Okay. And, uh, you know, then then we became friends again. So it was kind of cool doing, uh, just doing the full circle deal back to back to Warren. You know, we'd separated for almost 20 years and then we ended up working together again for 10 years. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you have, like, what was your first trip with a Warren Miller movie? Do you um, remember? Yeah. So in 1983, Warren Miller's cameraman, Gary Nate, shows up in Squaw Valley. Um, and Gary asked me to ski for him for a couple of days. And I did. I didn't think too much about it. But uh, it was the letter that I received from Warren uh, a couple of weeks later that basically, you know, it invited me to start traveling around the world with his film crews. 
So I wrote back right away, and I was off to New Zealand three months later. That's amazing. A yeah. letter, like a pen and paper yeah. letter. <laughs> yeah, the, well, no, it was actually from his old typewriter. You know, oh. it was kind of the golden ticket. Wow. Warren Miller uh, films. Yeah. Do you still have that letter? Oh yeah, yeah oh. Like the original. Yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's just so cool because. Um, Obviously, Warren Miller, the Warren Miller legacy, but then you as well, you specifically inspired my father to move from northern Idaho, to move to Squaw Valley, to become a professional skier. So if it weren't for you, I probably wouldn't be a pro skier. Yeah, and I remember when you were born. Yeah, yep. I was there. And you were there. Yeah, yep. Yeah, seen a long time since then, I guess now. Yes, but it's, it's been a while. Yep. Kind of cool how it's a small circle. It all comes like full circle, like you're saying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And my dad's still my favorite person to ski with. So. Yeah, he's awesome. He's been steady. He's always been there. And, I got him to uh, jump yeah. off like a 35-foot cliff the other day. Oh, really? Up oh, on Donner here? Summit. Oh, on Donner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. He's like, I want to hit it. I was like, well, hit it. I'll hold the camera. <laughs> but cool. Well, I mean, if we were going to start talking about skiing, we would go way too long. So I'm just going to cut it off now. And I like to call the skiing the S word. We can't say it. It's like a bad word now. It's forbidden. And so I want to get to know Scott, the side of you that I don't know anything about, which is you outside of being the best skier on the planet. <laughs> and um, so let's start with the fact that I know you live in Santa Cruz um, when you're not here in the winter. And what's that like? What's beach life like for you? Well, you know, I, I ended up in Santa Cruz for the ocean sports. Um, I really wanted to, you know, growing up in Montana, I didn't never experienced the ocean before. So that was kind of a goal of mine was to get in the water. Um, I tried to learn to surf when I first got to Santa Cruz, but just got just got my butt kicked by the waves and the lineup and the hotheads and all the territorial guys. Um, but then I discovered windsurfing. Um, wow. So I kind of didn't really learn. I tried to learn how to surf and I was okay. I did okay. But then I picked up windsurfing and uh, we would just sail at Waddell Creek every day. Wow. I did that for almost 10 years, um, all summer long. And what do you think about being near the ocean or beach life? Like, what do you think is kind of your favorite part of just like an average day? Well, I just, I, I love the, the the lifestyle. I mean, windsurfing was great because it was kind of a slow brew in the morning. And then, you you know, you're heading out, of, heading north out of town about 10, 11 o'clock. The winds pick up every afternoon. It's actually a trade wind there. Um, so all summer long, you have this northwest trade wind just north of town. And, uh you know, the Scott Creek and Waddell Creek and Davenport, all these really great spots to, to wait sail. Yeah. And, and uh, I got just hooked on that for a long time. And that's cool because it's an afternoon sport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike the S word. <laughs> yeah. And then there, you know, you'd sail till five o'clock and then you'd go do the windsurf apre. You know, yeah. So, yeah. That sounds fun. That sounds really nice. Santa Cruz is beautiful, but I've also gotten eaten alive by the break there. A pleasure for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mostly the people. Yeah, we all have. Between <laughs> the people and the break and the cold water and the rocks, it's it's a tough spot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. But it's beautiful. So I think that that's kind of everyone's fantasy is to have this mountain life and then this beach life. Yeah. For me, that was kind of a goal is to not get fried on skiing. I wanted to mix my sports. Yeah. Um, and the ocean sports were, were great. And now, now I'm just, uh, I surf now only. Um, you know, that's all I do in the water. I um, still do a lot of dirt biking and a lot nice. of uh, snow biking. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. I tried snow biking for the first time recently. It was actually very fun. Yeah. It was you, great. You mean timber sledding, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, oh. just uh, fat biking. Oh, yeah. I haven't no, tried snow biking. Yeah. I just got my first snowmobile. So we'll get okay. to snow biking later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> timber sled kit. So, you, you know, yeah. I, it's so much fun. I, yeah. Just going through the powder all day on a dirt bike is I insane. Bet. Yeah. I bet. All right. So my next question is kind of more like a personal question is for you as a human being, what do you think your best quality is outside of being a superhuman sh shredder, anything to do with that kind of stuff? Like just as a person. Oh, wow. It's a big question. My best quality. Yeah. I've always been skiing is my 
the thing I. <laughs> that's what. That's the obvious that, right? answer. <laughs> I want the not obvious answer. Hmm. Uh, patience. You know, I think I'm very patient, and um, I know timing is everything. Synchronicity is is all, and uh, you got to be in the right place, the right time, and you got to back it up. And I've just been very patient and um, waiting for the right day to do the right thing. Um, that's been injury free, you know, cause I, wow. I don't, um, I don't push it. You yeah. Know? So I think that's kind of uh, just being patient and, um, and steady. Yeah. Patience is always, it's so hard to be patient yes. too. When you feel like yeah. th- things move so fast in our world. They do you do. have yeah. any like tips for like maybe someone that's not a patient person? <laughs> just, well, you know, if you, if you're not patient, you're trying to force it or swim up the stream it's not going to flow it's you know Mm -hmm. so I've always found that if it's not working it's just the time's not right and be patient and that time will come but you have to be present when it does and you got to recognize those cues from the universe and you got to jump on them so you got to act yeah oh I love that really great answer (laughs) (laughs) um okay my next question is kind of another fun exercise uh, if you could have and I know you kind of already have this a little bit but if you could have a totally alternate life than you've had. So one that didn't involve being a professional skier and living in the mountains. And it's something totally, has there ever been some other lifestyle that fascinated you that you wanted? Wow. Um, music always has inspired me, you know, and I see these singer songwriters and just whether it's Dylan or these other contemporary writers, I mean, just where they're channeling that stuff from is just, it's so cool. I, yeah. that, you know, if I could do Everything over, I'd probably want to be like Bob. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a great goal. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I've always wished I could have like the talent of singing yeah. or musicality in yeah. general. And, and but... be able to write songs that have meaning and uh, affect people. That's a, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Talk yeah. about the way you can affect people's lives because I know yeah. you've done that in your current profession, but that's a way where yeah. I, I think, think music, that's the goal. Yeah, music really inspires people and it, uh, it it's a gift, you know, yeah. for sure, from the heavens or whatever. You know, it's a, uh, yeah. I feel like beautiful. Scott Schmidt could be like a rock star name. That's good. It's still got good <laughs> flow in that in that category. Well, yeah, that to get a lot better at playing guitar too. I've been trying to play for a long time. and Yeah. You know, just, yeah. I've been learning too. My, my yeah. dad and my uncle are great guitar players and yeah. so it seems like it should be like hereditary but i'm finding it's not yeah some people can just it just seems so natural to them and i still struggle so yeah it's fun i have one in my in my living room though that just sometimes when you have those moments where you're like sporadic and you don't know what to do i just grab it and yeah, yeah. play a little and yeah, feel better just play for yourself and make yourself feel good i can't play for anyone else <laughs> no, it's yeah. only for me yeah, you and I are the same. Yeah. <laughs> nice yeah. um so i guess my next question is going to be what kind of life hacks have you developed over your years? Like things that everyday life, any life lessons you've learned that you wish maybe you could have known 20 years ago, like things it could be small things. It could be a big thing, like something that you feel like maybe you figured out about life hmm. again, outside of the ski outside world. Skiing. Well, I wish I would have learned to play guitar at a younger age. <laughs> sure. Me too. <laughs> um, you know, it's, um, I, I like mechanical things. I like fixing things. That's what I do a lot on our property in Santa Cruz. Um, we have a big piece of property to take care of, so I'm kind of a, a rancher, you know. Yeah. Um, fixing the tractor and clearing the trails and fixing the road and cleaning the ditches and cleaning out the apple orchard. You know, it's just kind of a wow. just, just homesteading. You know, homesteading is yeah. kind of a, a a very satisfying thing. You know, especially as you grow older, you just kind of want to have a nest and yeah. uh, just just homestead. 
I feel like I need to come to Scott's homestead camp because yeah. I'm not mechanical. Oh, yeah. And I, you'll, you'll see outside my <laughs> snowmobile trailer is held together with like 17 ski straps. So <laughs> maybe I'll call you and be like, help, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I'm currently building my snow bike this week. So it's been a little bit of a project and uh, yeah. it's a little bit of a head scratcher. So um, that sounds very mechanical. Yeah. All these kits don't, they don't all fit the same. There's a company here in Montana, I like Montana companies. Uh, Crazy Mountain Extreme guys, They're, they make a really cool kit for your bike. Yeah, and uh, just getting it fit properly is kind of key. So. Yeah, that sounds that sounds very difficult. Um, okay, next question. Um, hopefully, getting more insight. Do you have any guilty pleasures? Things that you love to do that nobody would guess. Like you know, people might guess that. Oh yeah, Scott loves to surf or uh, snow bike. But is there something like a small thing from your day, or a big thing, or maybe a genre of music or something that would maybe catch someone like me off guard who thinks I know a lot about you, but actually I don't know you outside of skiing. Wow. Um, yeah. I don't know what people don't know about me <laughs> other than, um, <laughs> like something yeah, someone so, would be surprised to know yeah, about you. Well, um, I'm a pretty good mechanic. <laughs> people, you know, a big, you know, I have a lot of heavy equipment, so I'm a mechanic. Um, I can pitch a mean teepee. Um, pitch a mean teepee. Yeah, I used that's to pretty cool. Pitch teepees for festivals. Really? Do you <laughs> like? That. Do you? How, where do you get the poles to pitch the teepee? I well, guess. Well, the, the poles are kind of the, one of the critical right. parts of the teepee. Do you I, go out I, and I gather get, them, or yeah, do you? Procure, it's a like, lodgepole pine. Okay. Uh, they have to be, you know, certain diameter, certain height, certain everything, and they have to be certain thickness at the top too for the cover to fit properly. Uh, pitching a teepee properly and getting it tight and getting it not laying on the ground is there's an art to it. Yeah, and uh, it took a lot of practice, but I pitched dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of teepees over what? over the years. Like so, where? Well, we used to have a festival in Canada every year. Okay, and um, we would uh, pitch teepees and sell them as we went. And it kind of <laughs> helped fund the the project. Um, one of our uh, uh, MCs at the time was in uh, First Nations Cree, um, and he liked the way I pitched teepees, so he hired me every year to set up the teepees at his event up at the Calgary Stampede every year. Wow. It was called Mama Way, and it was a outdoor native First Nations reenactments. And wow. of course, there's teepee camps and settings, and so I'd go up there every summer and work with him. Wow. So. <laughs> teepee pitching. Teepee See, like, that's the quality <laughs> I did not know about you. Yeah. <laughs> But you're like way ahead of the times because now that's like the posh, wonderlusty music festival way. You could like bring the teepee business back and probably make yeah. tenfold on it. They're awesome to hang out in. They're, yeah. they're, they're very comfortable and you get the fire going in the middle. And Do you have teepees on your property in Santa Cruz? I do, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so so you do like you go out and you gather the poles for the teepee. Yeah, well, and when, then once you have a set of poles, I mean, that pole, that set of poles will last you a good 10, 20 years. I mean, yeah. the, pole, the set I have is got 20 years old. You just wow. take care of them. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm trying to think, <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever been in a proper teepee. Well, um, if you're in a proper one, you'll know it's yeah. uh, pitched properly and it has a liner and everything's off the ground and the air flows under the cover and up the back of the liner and pulls the smoke out the top. They're very ingenious shelters. Wow. And they're very, they're windproof. Who, and a, who taught you how to pitch a teepee? Um, well, Blue Star Teepees in Montana was a company I worked with, um, but there's a book and it just takes practice. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Huh. Maybe I have like a new life skill that I need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a whole lot of money in it, but uh, yeah, it, but it's, it's a good art. 
Yeah, sounds very <laughs> rich in lifestyle and yeah. satisfying. Um, okay, so we're going to play a game that I have done on every episode of the podcast so far. And it's something that I learned from a really good friend of mine. And sometimes we do it at the dinner table or we do it on holidays or birthdays. And it's called Two Highs and One Low. And so I want to know two highs and one low of the last year of your life completely outside of skiing or anything to do with snow sports. So something cool that happened in your family life, some sort of personal achievement you had, um, maybe a nice sunset. I don't know. Two highs and a low mm. of the last year. Something in um, the last year or two. Huh? Yeah. Uh, kind of, I think our, our home in Montana. I mean, that was a, 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 you know, I've always wanted a ski cabin. I didn't think it would be quite this nice in such a great place, but yeah. so that's always been a goal of mine and that just happened fairly yeah. recently. So so that's yeah. Montana check cabin. That one off. Montana cabin. Montana ski cabin. And uh, gosh, spend more and more time here every summer because there's so much to do here in the summer. Totally. So, yeah, we're loving it. Do you fly fish? I do not fish very much because this river yeah. Gallatin is like world yeah. famous. Yeah, I mean I'll fish if that's what the group is doing, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just love being in Montana. We know a lot of the uh, big ranch owners around here, so we get to spend time on some really great properties, um, enjoying everything that the Montana summer lifestyle has to offer. So. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm going to say one high is your cabin. Cabin, yeah. And then is another high just, like, being in the summer, being in Montana more in the summer? Well, you know, I really love my Santa Cruz property. We have 25 acres of redwoods in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and uh, I love the climate there, um, the culture. It's just, it's it's our retreat, and um, you'll find me just hanging out on the property in the redwoods uh, when I'm not working or doing yeah. my ski thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that sounds yeah. nice. Um, okay, so then what about a low? I think uh, the reason I like to acknowledge the lows is just because sometimes it puts it all in perspective and... Um, have you had any lows over the last couple of years? Anything challenging? Yeah, no. Life has been so good. I've been so blessed. I mean, nothing's nothing's bad ever happened. Not even uh, a splinter from that. your TP fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no injuries. Um, yeah, life is good. I can't complain much. Yeah. Um, yeah, things are good. Well, I guess that's maybe something to aspire to is yeah. a life where you can't even think of a low in the last <laughs> yeah, year or two. Yeah, not been any lows. My kids are awesome. I've got three kids. They're, they're grown now, 27, 24, and 18, but they're all doing really well. So, Do they live close by? They're Santa Cruz, cool. um, but then they visit all winter long here. Yeah. Um, they're doing great. So, are you um, gonna are you gonna be a grandfather anytime soon? Well, no. I mean, <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, yeah. Tia, my my uh, middle child, is is has been with Nat Young for a number oh, cool. of years, um, and Nat's on the World Surf League tour, so she gets to travel around the world, going to all these great surf events. And yeah. So I'm pretty happy for her. Yeah. Uh, my oldest daughter's in LA, doing great, kind of chasing her career and doing well. Yep. And my son Riley is uh, building race cars and. Just a cool Santa Cruz kid. So, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know that my dad has always been like, okay, like, you know, I love your career and everything, but I think just kids are taking so much longer to enjoy their lives and their careers and starting their own families later on. Yeah. That's, so. Yeah. yeah that's, there's definitely not, neither of my daughters are in a hurry. So, no, uh, yeah. I can, I'm I can not really. Grandpa but, yet, but yeah. It's cool. Do you, do you, um, are your girls daddy's girls? Yeah. 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 They're very close to me. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the father-son relationship is great too, but I feel like father-daughter is a really special bond. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So then the way we close out every episode is I ask that every guest try to think of a story of your life, maybe something memorable, something funny, 
whatever. It can be big, small, anything. Something you can remember from your life that would be entertaining that we that doesn't have to do with skiing or filming or any of that kind of stuff. Because I know you have so many memorable stories like that, but maybe something about being a dad, something about some crazy time out in the water. Yeah, uh, boy, if, it, if we got to throw skiing out of there, because um, <laughs> all my life travels and adventures have all been based on that. And in the summers, you know, I kind of lay low. Um, I have had some really cool surf trips. Where's, um, where's your best surf trip? Yeah, most, one of the most memorable trips was with Wingnut, and we were in Costa Rica. I know Wingnut. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, isn't he awesome? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. great. Yeah, so um, we hit um, uh, Ollie's one time. Wow. And it was double overhead, super strong offshore, and I was in the water for five hours. It was one of the greatest surf days of my life, and I'll never forget it. So. In Costa Rica? Yeah. Double overhead? Yeah, and at, at all these, um, you know, Witch's Rock and all these points. Yeah. And, uh, I've seen photos. I haven't been, yeah. I haven't surfed in Costa Rica, but. Yeah, when we got there, there's probably, four, you know, you have to boat to this location because mm -hmm. it's uh, near a, a preserve. Um, and we got there, there's like 40 people in the water. I'm like, oh, great, you know. <laughs> but um, after a couple hours, they all got out, and it was just the they four of tired. us, you know. I'm out there with Robert August and Wingnut and, um, and myself, and uh, surfed for five hours that day. I was w wiped out, but <clears throat> yeah. I one can't of the imagine. Days of my life. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's amazing. That yeah. sounds like the greatest. If I ever can make it, la if I can ever last in the water surfing for five hours, that would be yeah. the best day of my surf life. <laughs> well, I too. couldn't even climb in the boat. My arms are so rubberized. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I had the same experience this summer when we were in Mexico, but I was only in the water for like two hours oh, and I could yeah. barely get back in the boat. <laughs> but awesome. Well, Scott, thank you so much for making time to chat with me. And hopefully, listeners got to know a little bit of a different side of you other than um, just the ski side of you that we yeah. all know and love and respect so much and yeah. can't wait to ski with you again sometime soon. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you guys all for listening. I hope you are out enjoying winter somewhere and uh, we'll see you next time on Long Underwear. This podcast was brought to you by Warren Miller Entertainment, who you can follow on social media at Warren Miller ENT to keep the good times rolling. Long Underwear was produced by me, Amy Ingerbretson, as well as Jesse Hackett and Jessica McGee from the Warren Miller Entertainment team. Art is by Barclay Wyrock and editing and mixing by Jason McDaniel. <laughs>